0: We are going to the book of Genesis today. Book of Genesis, chapter 37. Praise the Lord. We have over the last probably last couple months now been talking about our patriarchs of faith, or many of them. Uh, each week, I, you know, I'm assuming we're thinking we're going to shift gears and do something different, but then I get another word from God and say, okay, this is who we're talking about this week. Amen. So today we're going to talk about a man named Joseph, praise God, and we're going to let the, you know, uh, take some time, read through some things and uh, glean from it. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians that we're supposed to, um, you know, glean what we can. It says that there, all this is written for examples unto us, amen, for our admonition or instruction or teaching, praise God, to learn and glean what you can. Uh, the scripture also says uh, in 2 Corinthians that, uh, you know, everything you read in the Old Covenant, is usually read, is read through a veil, so which means that you have to uh, take everything in the Old Covenant in the light of the New Covenant. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Amen. I'll praise God for the Old Covenant. Obviously, it's there for our instruction, as it said, and for examples to us. But you always, take, you always read the Old Covenant in the light of the New Covenant. Amen. The Word says the veil is taken away in Christ. Amen. So a lot of times there's a lot of... Opinions and things that get said, things that get uh, taught and bought uh, that are opinions that uh, don't necessarily line up with Christ. Because we might have grabbed something, we might have read something maybe in the Old Covenant and we take it as something that, uh, you know, becomes now a permanent part of our doctrine. But if it don't line up with Christ, flush it. Amen. Amen. Now that's what I wanted to preach on today. <laughs> Amen. So, okay, yeah, flushing. I'm gonna talk about flushing today. A whole lot of flushing going on. Praise God. All right, all right. Genesis 37. Are you there? Yep. Let me get there then. Praise God. All right, verse one, please. Hallelujah. It says this. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. So that's where now Jacob, of course, his name, of course, was changed to Israel. All right, so he's got twelve sons. Uh, this verse two, this is the history of Jacob, Joseph being seventeen years old. Now you're going to find that a lot of a lot of dates and things get get said through this story. everybody say seventeen. 17. now, seventeen years old, he's a little bit of a brat. <laughs> he is kinda okay, He gets himself a little bit in trouble here but but the point is, is that we need to understand, 13 years from now, he becomes the most influential man on the planet. In 13 years. Are you with me? Being 17 years old, was feeding the, uh, the flock with his brothers... Okay, so here's his brothers here, it talks about. Uh, and the lad was with the sons of Bilal and the sons of Zil, uh, Zilpah, which is his father's wives. Okay, everybody say wives. wives. I always thought that's trouble, Bubba. But I'll leave it alone. Well, obviously it created some problem, But anyway, Joseph uh, uh, brought a bad report to them, uh, of them, pardon me, to his father. In other words, he, he's narking or being tattletale. Don't get, they don't do good for you sometimes. Come on. So he's, uh, you know, he's tattling on his brothers because they were doing something ordinary, I guess, or doing something they, they didn't like and, or he didn't like. and So uh, it goes on. and says, now Israel, talking about Jacob, okay, loved Joseph more than all of his children. Now, obviously, we got us a dysfunctional home here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, just try to tell, you know, the rest of your siblings that, come on now, that you're the favorite See how far that goes. Anyway, hallelujah. So Israel loved Joseph more than than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Uh, Also, he made him a tunic of many colors, uh, which I guess a tunic of many colors must be something fancy, I guess. I don't know. Rolex of tunics. I don't know. But it's of many colors, which obviously represented the fact that, uh, you know, he did something special for him. And obviously, he's going to wear it. Come on, and obviously everywhere he goes now, it's going to be broadcasting that uh, I'm dad's favorite. Well, anyway. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Well, kind of, you know, duh. Right? Duh. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're all going to be a little bit down on it. But Joseph had a dream, it said in verse 5, okay? Everybody say, Joseph had a dream. Had a dream. Now, the, the old King James says he dreamed a dream, okay? Now, this word dream, just for whatever it's worth, okay, it just it means uh, a picture of something or a promise uh, that is yet to come, okay? Uh, dream to dream, like I said, out of the old King James talks about, obviously, he's implying a big dream. It's an important dream, a dream uh, or a great vision for the future, Okay, something that's ahead here, okay? So it's a serious deal. Now, Joseph doesn't really totally know. He just knows that he had this dream. Are you hearing me? Now, this dream that he had, we're going to read through a little bit of this, but what happened was this dream didn't come to pass for another 20 years, but it did come to pass. Are you with me? Okay. So Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, okay, and they hated him even more. It's like, dude, you think you get the point? Shut up. Right? But he had to tell somebody, I guess. So he said to them, Please hear this dream, which I've dreamed. And uh, there, were, there we were, talking about all of his brothers and him, binding sheaves in the field. In other words, taking sheaves together, binding them up, standing them, okay, all these sheaves, okay, bringing in the sh- oh, Anyway. All right, so anyway, sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose, in other words, got taller or bigger, and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Now, I don't know, but I just think you're just asking for trouble, son. Right? But anyway, it happened. Okay. So he's obviously not lying. Okay. And uh, so his brother said to him, shall shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? Okay. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of a misunderstanding, but he is one day going to stand as the most influential man of the planet. And the day that they do bow down to him, that's exactly who he is. Come on, somebody. So there is some understanding of what what happens here, all right, gives clarity. But at the moment, nobody gets that. Nobody knows that. It's a dream. Come on, right? And sometimes just like, you know, we might have a dream or a word from God and maybe inside you kind of know that something important, but we might not really totally know uh, the significance of it or might not totally know what it totally means, but you have a glimpse or an idea. Look at your neighbor and say, dream a dream. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having a dream or a word from God. Amen. I think it's great. A lot of people have shelved them because things didn't necessarily manifest like they wanted to or as quick as they wanted to. Well, how many know it didn't necessarily happen for him as quick as he probably wanted it to? No. We're talking about 20 years here, okay? And like I said, you know, he's, he's 17 at the moment. At age 30, he, he comes, becomes the governor of all Egypt, okay? Sits right below the Pharaoh, Okay? But the Pharaoh is submitting basically everything to him, which makes him the most influential man at that time on the planet. Still with me? All right. Well, you know, so it said they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. You ever been rejected? I said, you ever been rejected? Well, he's starting to feel it. Come on, somebody. Now, obviously... He might have uh, opened the door to this, but nobody likes to be rejected, especially by your loved ones, especially by the ones that are closest to you, right? Hang on to that now. And he dreams still another dream. Oh, my gosh, you'd think he'd just shut up now, but he doesn't. So he told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And at this, and this time, the sun and the moon, talking about, you know, in, in context, is going to be dealing with dad and, and, and wives. And the 11 stars, talking about his brothers, Bow down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him. <laughs> okay, now dad's a little, for dad to rebuke the favorite child, that's probably huge. Come on now. What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, uh, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now the word envied here, um, you know, it could, you know, jealousy, envy, but it, it's, it's the word invidious, Okay. I don't know if I pronounced it exactly right. I don't have a clue what it means, so I had to look it up. Okay, but it means um, provokes resentment or hostility. Okay, so now they're not just now they're not just rejecting him. Okay, now I mean it's 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 pushing something now toward resentment and hostility. Are you with me? Okay, so this thing's building. All right. Then his brothers went uh, to feed their father's flock in Shechem. Okay, and of course, Israel, his dad, uh, said to Joseph, are, you, are, are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come and I will send you to them. So he said, Here I am. And so he said, Please go and check out, you'll check on your brothers. Okay? Well, that, that just kind of sounds like a recipe for problems here. I don't know, but they you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, he goes, and there's a little story. He's kind of hidden there. He couldn't quite find it. Well, then he finds them. okay? Alright, so now verse 18. We'll just kind of skip a few here. It says now when they saw him, Thomas' brothers saw him afar off, even before he came near, they conspired against him to kill him. Well, I I don't know, but that, that sounds like problems. That, that could be a little bit of dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, let's just kill him. Well, they said, uh you know, to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. If you look at it, cross is a master of dreams. Ooh, ooh, the master of dreams. Here comes the dreamer. Let's kill him. <laughs> well, it's good to have brothers, isn't it? Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. <laughs> <laughs> and we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. Yeah, that's a good plot. There it is. We shall see what will become of his dreams now. Right. Well, they're coming after the dreams. Come on. Well, you know, the enemy always comes after whatever. You know, if the word of the Lord gives you a word. I mean, I don't care if it comes in dream form, a vision, or just something in his, in your heart that God puts. The enemy, the word says the enemy always comes immediately. Try to steal that word. Amen. So now they're yielding, obviously, to the wrong spirit. I don't know if you figured that out yet, but <laughs> wrong spirit. Okay. So anyway, uh, they decide they're going to kill him, right? But Reuben. Everybody say, "Praise God for Reuben." God. Reuben just Reuben didn't really have a clue what he was doing. He just thought, you know, that's probably a little little intense, a little overboard, maybe, huh? Reuben's thinking, you know, but he, see, but right now, because nobody understood the dreams, nobody understood what was going to happen, okay, Reuben saved the day. Right. Anybody hear me? Yeah. Okay, nobody knows. Now, we, by this time here, another year or so could, could have gone by here, okay, so it's, it's uh, we're getting a little bit closer to the time. Now I'm going to keep bringing that up because, you know, a lot of times we, God puts a word in our heart and, you know, sh- sure, there might be some pressure. There might be some opposition. There might be things you may have to press through. But just because the word from God or that dream or that vision you got hasn't manifested yet, you stay with it. Everybody say, stay steady. You've got to stay steady. Amen. That's going to make more sense here in a minute. All right. So uh, so Reuben said, uh, you know, uh, or heard it. Of course, heard them talking about killing him. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. Said Reuben said, shed no blood but cast him into this pit anyway, okay, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay lay a hand on him, all right? And uh, he might, uh, and really he did this hoping to deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father, okay? So he did not want to kill him. And so it came to pass when Joseph came, uh, had come to his brothers. So obviously all this is happening while they're watching him walk up closer to him, all right? So in that process of time, he didn't realize he had had 10 brothers who were going to kill him, And Reuben saved the day. Okay? Are you with me? see a lot going on, really, you know. And he just... Well, I don't know if he did that. But anyway, the point is, you know, he just thinks, you know, I'm going to go check on my brothers and go home with a report and tell God how naughty they are. And they're thinking, how can we kill him? Hmm. Well, praise the Lord for Reuben. Amen. So he was going to, you know, hopefully get, get him back to dad. And, and so it came to pass, as, as he came to his brothers, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic. Take that stupid thing and rip it up. And the, uh, the tunic of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into the pit. And the pit was empty, for there was no water in it. And they uh, sat down to eat a meal while their brother's in the pit. And they lifted their eyes and looked. And there was a company of Ishmaelites. Never ever say Ishmaelites? Oh, them Ishmaelites, they're everywhere. Oh, they're coming to Gilgad, and with their camels, bearing spices, balm, myrrh, and on their way uh, to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother? Well, at least he's getting on board. But he says, How about this? You know, we won't conceal his brother. Let's, let's come down, let's sell him. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let's make a little money. Everybody say that, Judah? What a guy. Well, at least he's thinking, okay, well, we don't want to kill him, but let's make some money on him. And uh, let us, uh, you know, and let not our hand be upon him, uh, for he is our brother, I guess. He is our flesh. All right. Uh, You know, and his brothers listen. Okay, you're right. Fine. We won't kill him. Then Midianite traders uh, passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit. He's probably thinking, oh, they finally saw the light. (laughs) Anybody see these things? It's like, come on up here. I'll we'll get you to pull him up here. And it's like, I mean, hog tie him anyway. and oh. Everybody say betrayal. betrayal. Have you ever felt betrayed? I mean, this is what you call the ultimate of betrayal. So he's experiencing now betrayal. Okay. They're not just rejecting him, man. I mean, they're full-blown betrayal here, man. Okay. Now, he didn't realize, you know, a few minutes earlier, they were thinking about killing him. Come on. But, you know, at least they didn't do that. So now he's on his way to Egypt uh, with a bunch of Midianite traders as a slave. All right. Are we all on the same page? All right. Well, anyway. So I'm sure there was a few emotions. Doesn't really, you know, say anything. Uh, But I'm sure if you... Your brothers would have done this to you. There probably would have been a few emotions. Am I right? But for some reason, he just kept going, which is a praise of the Lord. The last verse, we'll skip a few more. Verse 36 is Now the Midianites uh, had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh. Okay, so he's obviously somebody close to Pharaoh here, and a captain of the guard. So part of the military. Okay. So he's a pretty influential man. So Potiphar now has, has uh, Joseph. Okay. We'll skip a chapter because it kind of jumps over to a different story here for a bit. Verse chapter 39, verse 1. Look how fast we're moving. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him uh, down there. All right, and the Lord was with Joseph. See, the Lord was still with Joseph, okay, and he was a su- successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, who is, uh, of course, uh, Potiphar here, okay, is the gentleman's name. Now, about this time, okay, roughly about the beginning of chapter 39, we're, uh, we're approximately a decade away from him being the most influential man on the planet. He had a dream. He still... He's still like, actually uh, like 17 years off of that dream manifesting. But in another decade, he's going to be the most influential man on the planet. And here he is, a slave who'd been betrayed by his brother, sold, come on, taken, right, rejected, all the things that you'd feel through all that, okay, taken into Egypt, okay, sold as a slave, but God was still with him. I said God was still with him. Now, maybe, maybe that dream isn't manifesting yet. Maybe, maybe we're not really seeing the fruition of that. Maybe that word from God, you know, maybe we're not totally, you know, kind of, you know, seeing this thing come to pass yet. But guess what? If you stay steady, if you stay with it, and I appreciate uh, Trudy bringing some things out about character because uh, one of the things that you see in Joseph was this the, a bit of character in him, come on, about excellence and doing the job and doing it right. Now, do you think he probably learned his, you know, learned his lesson about running his mouth? Probably. Come on. Okay. Now, I'm not you know, condoning what his brothers did by any means, but, but obviously, obviously, amen. In fact, even later on in the story, Joseph makes clear. He says, really, the Lord took all this and used it so that I could deliver, amen, my family, amen, amen. Come on. And he does. In fact, amen, praise the Lord. Let's just give you the end of the story. They do get restored. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Amen. And I guarantee you the family and their latter years, amen, were a lot tighter, amen, than they were in their earlier years. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So obviously... The dream, the vision, amen, came to pass. Amen. And as a result of it, it delivered his whole family, praise God. And a, really, nations, I mean nations, got delivered because of this young man. Are you with me? Okay. So, praise the Lord. So, verse. Uh, let's get down here. And his master, verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And so Joseph found favor in the sight. And served him, then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had uh, he put under his authority. Come on now. And so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed, here we go, the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake and the blessing. Everybody say, the blessing. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Verse 6. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He did not know uh, what he had except uh, for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Good looking feller. I guess that's good. But it just about gets him into some trouble. Now, uh, put 1 Corinthians 15, I've just put that reference up there. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody got the victory? All seven of you. Let's try that again. Anybody in the house have the victory? Now, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, which means you're a candidate for victory, for success. Verse 58, please. Therefore... Because of this, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be steady, stay steady, immovable, always abounding. In other words, do the right thing, always abounding, do the excellent thing, always abounding, do that which excels, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What we have is a young man back here in Genesis who still did what was right. He served God. He, was, he remained steadfast. He stayed steady. Even though he, he got a bad shake, got a bad hand. Even though he was, mis- he was done wrong. Now the reason this is so important, the reason I think this is necessary because there, I, I get it. Some of you have been done wrong. But you stay steady. And do the right thing anyway. Well, you just don't understand. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know the magnitude that you've had to deal with. I'm not here to bring up a bad subject. I'm not here to somehow depress you. I'm just telling you that no matter what you're going through, you stay locked on to God as your source. You let God empower you, strengthen you, encourage you, praise God, until you're walking in a full victory, praise God. Don't you cave and quit because something didn't go right. Remember, we have an enemy. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But if you will remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, amen, I guarantee you your labor will be noticed. It will not be not done in vain. Come on, somebody, in the Lord. I guarantee you if you will do the right thing, God will always shine through. And this is what's exactly happening right now at the Egyptian's house is this man decides he's going to do the right thing regardless. And as a result of it, the blessing of the Lord was even on the Egyptians' household. Did you catch that? Because the blessing followed Joseph. Why? Because he whined and complained and boo-hooed and said, I've been ripped off, I've been abused and mistreated. No, no. Because he made a decision, even in the midst of all of that, which he was mistreated. But in the midst of all of that, he chose the higher road, did the right thing, praise God. And as a result of it, God's at work right now on his behalf. Can I hear a big amen? Is anybody hearing me today? Okay, back to Genesis 39 again. All right, so Joseph, you know, we left it off. He's a handsome young feller. Huh? But it came to pass after these things that the master, this is Potiphar's wife, cast long an eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. Now, I'm not talking about, anyway, I think you all know what I'm talking about. i was just leave it alone. So, you know, there comes a the temptation, but he refused. Look at your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. Praise he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master, look, my master does not know what, know what is with me in the house. In other words, he put everything in my charge, okay, and has committed all all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, (laughs) because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, do the, right thing. do the right thing. I said, do the right thing. Do the right Just do the right thing. thing. Well, she likes me. Do the right thing. Well, nobody's going to know. Do the right thing. Because somebody will know. Amen. So he chose to do the right thing. He took the higher road, praise God. Are you with me? Well, of course, you know, she chased him, chased him around and chased him around and chased him around and chased him around. Up and down, in and out, through the living room, by through the kitchen, up through this, that side, around the fence, through the back door, into the front door. Out. Okay, I read a little bit into it, but <laughs> she chased him. And he kept refusing until yeah. finally she got him somewhat alone. And he took off running. She grabbed his coat, his jacket, and, of course, then she used that to tell a story about it. Have you ever been lied about? Yeah. I said, you ever been lied about? Yeah. Well, that's just not fair, is it? Nope. Why did they lie about me? I didn't do that. I, wouldn't, I wasn't a part of that. That's not who I am. Have you ever been lied about? Yeah. So that's, that's a reason to quit, isn't it? Let's just quit because how dare they lie about me? That's no reason to quit. The devil's a liar, a manipulator, and sometimes he even uses people to do it. But what you do is the right thing. Am I talking to the right congregation? Yeah. You do the right thing. That's what you do. Well, what if it gets me in trouble? You still do the right thing. Because the idea is to keep the blessing of the Lord flowing and working in your life. Huh? Well, so she lied about him. Husband gets home and she lies to him. Verse 19. So it was when the master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did did to me after this manner. Uh, You know, it just made up a story. And it said his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master, talking about Potiphar, took him, put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. Obviously, he's a part of this, okay? Have you ever watched the the movie Joseph? Uh, What's that guy that played Potiphar in that, uh, Kings, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Um, But anyway, he does a great job of it, and it kind of, it does a cool job of making the whole story, uh, this part of the story, kind of start making some sense. I thought they did a great job with that movie. And I'm sorry, I can't remember. I think it's just called Joseph, right? Okay. Nobody knows. Okay. Well, anyway, watch the movie. It does a pretty good job of kind of explaining some of this and Potiphar's involvement, uh, you know, even past it, you know. And so, uh, but it says here, you know, he puts him in the prison because of what was said, what was done. Well, probably to save face and all that kind of stuff. Are you hearing me? Have you ever been forsaken? So maybe even for a moment there, he might have felt like, you know, he did everything for Potiphar. He he worked hard for Potiphar. Is anybody hearing me? Yes. Okay, but yet now, now he's thrown in prison. So uh, that doesn't sound like the vision coming to pass. I mean, that word of God, now it just it seems like it's getting worse. I mean, I'm no longer not just a slave, I'm now a prisoner in a prison. Somehow this isn't turning right. Is anybody hearing me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just now just a few years away. Just a few years away from being the most influential man at this time. So he's been with Potiphar now for several years. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay, now I'm letting this, let this come on now. So, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the, of the keeper of the prison. Now somebody said, well, why didn't God just clear his name? Well, he's showing, obviously he's with him. Everybody in their dog that comes around knows that guy is connected to Jehovah God. And it's obvious. Why? Because everybody can see it on him. It ain't just him talking it. They're all seeing it. And he gave, gave him favor, look at this, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. Now he's in charge of that. See, this is what happens when, see, when, when, when you do the right thing. Even though some things look like a negative turn, do the right thing, watch God work. Watch God show himself strong. Listen, nobody's making light of any situation you may be going through. There's some times we went through, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have have wished it on anybody. But when it was all said and done, and we chose life in the midst of it, I wouldn't have traded it for anything. Because something in the midst of that made me grow up. Made me mature in God. I know some of you think I haven't yet, but just hang on, I'm getting there. I'm just telling you, there are some things sometimes when you just keep doing the right thing, even when sometimes you were done wrong. Have you ever been done wrong? You still do right. Say, man, he's yet to be so mean. Well, it says here, uh, the keeper of the prison did, did not look into any, literally didn't even check up on him. I mean, it's like, dude, that dude... He's, he just does everything right. I, if I get in the way of this, I'm just going to mess it up. So just, I'm staying out of the way. Let him, let him do his thing. It says, And into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Even in a prison? Are you kidding me? In a prison? God could work in a prison? Okay. Put that reference up there again, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Now, you may not feel like you're in victory right now, but it's past tense. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at your name and say, you've already got the victory. All right, so how does it come to pass? Verse 58, let's put that up. Therefore, my beloved brethren, because of, therefore, amen, my beloved brethren, Or sister, that doesn't even sound right. But anyway, sisters and brothers, right? Be what? Steadfast. Stay steady. Look at your neighbor and say, stay steady. steady. Unmovable or immovable. Amen. Hallelujah. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Stay with it. Keep doing the right thing. Excel knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Something's going to shift and turn. Now, at this particular time, like I said, He's really just literally only just a few years now off of being the most influential man on the planet. Chapter 40, verse 1 it came to pass after these things that the butler, uh, that a butler, right? The butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord. Now, we don't know totally what they did, but they upset the, they upset the king or Pharaoh. Uh, okay, and it says, and Pharaoh was, was angry with his two officers the chief butler and the chief baker, okay? And so he put them into custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. In other words, now Joseph's in charge of them. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them so they were in custody for a while, okay? okay? Then the butler and the baker of the king, right, of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream. Both of them, each had a dream. Each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And obviously Joseph figured it out. And Joseph came into them one morning and looked, and obviously they're all sad and, and depressed and you know, because of this dream they had, okay? So then J- Joseph then uh, interprets their dream, okay? And obviously the butler, he said, In three days you're going to be lifted up and you're going to be restored back to the king, to your job. So, But he said this. He said, Hey... Um, when you return, don't forget about me. Well, you know, right? I, I don't want to stay here always. So, you know, don't forget about me. So the other guy said, okay, great. That sounds like a great, a great uh, you know, a great word, you know, for his dream. So here's my dream. He tells his dream. He said, well, here's, the, here's your dream. Here's the interpretation of your dream. You're going to also be raised up in three days, except on the gallows, and you're going to lose your head. And you notice he didn't say, remember me. when you. <laughs> well, in three days, sure, sure, here it comes. So all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're both removed. In three days, the one man's restored to his, the butler's restored to his job, and the chief uh, baker is, is, loses his head, loses his life. Amen. So obviously whatever happened, he was obviously the culprit that was in trouble. All right, so we're we doing okay. We can't leave you with that guy. But anyway, so what happened, you know? Um, uh, anyway, so let's see. Let's go down here. It says, yet... Okay, let's do verse 23. Last verse, okay, of, the, of this chapter. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, uh, but forgot him. Have you ever been forgotten? you ever been overlooked? That's a reason to quit. I'm so tired of not being seen. I quit. Now you'll never be seen. Okay, put that reference back on the board again. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast. Stay steady, child of God. Well, nobody's noticing me. Now you look like a whiner. So stop it. Listen again. Uh, you know, I, it sounds like I'm just picking on you. I'm not picking on you. I understand sometimes by not being noticed. Everybody go, oh. Yeah. See? Been there. But you got to stay steady. you got to stay steadfast. Immovable or unmovable. Amen. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. You still, amen, roll up them sleeves and you do it right. I said you do it right. I said you do it Right. Hallelujah, because know this, amen, that your labor is never in vain in the Lord. There's somebody noticing. Well, at this time, as of verse 23 of Genesis 40, he is only right now 24 months away at this time. 24 months away of being the most influential man on the planet. Now, if somebody was to say, you're gonna be the most influential man on the planet, he'd go, right, right, right. And everybody else around go, right, right. But how many know it was right? Come on. Verse 41, then it came to pass. You ever notice it always says, then it comes to pass. Something else happened again. Then it came to pass at the end of two full years. that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river and starts describing this dream at this particular moment. I mean, it's amazing how fast two years can go by. Just amazing. One verse. Two years flew by. Do you know that right now, Pharaoh is in the palace trying to figure out this dream he had and the guy that knows is in the prison. We're just hours away. Hours. Everybody say hours. Hours, hours away of being the most influential man on the planet. And he's just probably getting up and stretching. And I'm sure they don't have nothing, no soft beds in there. If somebody said, your life's going to change today. Life as you know it today will be different. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) I've been betrayed, been lied about, been forgotten, rejected. A whole bunch of other things. Everybody forgets about me. Well, I don't believe he actually went there because if he would have, it might have messed it up. But somehow or another, he knew enough to stay steady. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a dream. Well, let's go ahead and read it. We'll go ahead and do that. Suddenly there came, this is the Pharaoh's dream. Suddenly there came out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat and uh, they, f- they fed on the meadows. And behold, seven other cows came up, after the, or came up after them out of the river ugly and gaunt and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt uh, cows ate up uh, the seven fine-looking and fat cows. So the Pharaoh woke up, and he slept and dreamed a second dream. Okay, another time now. And suddenly, they're, they're, you know, so he tried to go back to sleep, couldn't figure out what's going on. Also, he has another dream, right? Suddenly, seven heads of grain uh, came up uh, on one stock, plump and good, and then behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the uh, by the east wind, uh, sprang up after them, and the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump heads, uh, and and uh, and plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. In other words, he's realized that this is this is important here. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, right, and he sent and called for all the Magicians of Egypt and all its wise men, the Pharaoh told them his dream, but then no one could figure out and interpret the dream. But then the chief butler, uh uh-oh, spoke to the Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. Everybody say he remembered. remembered. See, sometimes it's just all of a sudden somebody remembered. All of a sudden it's like, hey. I know the right person for that job. Hey, I know who can handle that. Hey, I know this guy. He'll take care of this thing. He'll make this thing right. He'll turn this thing around. I know a guy. I say I know a guy, hallelujah, that can make this thing right. Because he's a guy that does everything right. He walks with integrity and he walks with uh, excellence and amen. He does things right. Well, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he, he said, uh, he put me in, You put me in the, in the custody of the house of, of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. We each had a dream, and of course, he interpreted that dream. Well, verse 14 says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Uh oh, now we're just minutes away. I said, We're just minutes away. We're just minutes away. Everything's going to be different in just a few minutes. Now, here they all come down there and they say, hey, we got to get you cleaned up, got to get you this, got to get this, got to get you shaved, get you, get your hair finally combed right. Come on. Hey, take a bath, take a shower, whatever. Come on, let's get you cleaned up. They say, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Just hang on. Well, you know, he's had enough bad experiences. He could have he said, uh, just kill me now. What's going on? Well, there's some people I talked to that had enough Bad experience. Every time you say God's gonna do something good, you go, Oh, now wait a minute. I wouldn't want to go and say that. Nope. Life as you know it is about to change. Let's get you all cleaned up, Joseph. Hallelujah. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, right? Well, he brought him to Pharaoh's. Pharaoh said to Joseph, verse 15, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it, but I've heard it said. Uh, Of you, I've heard it said of you, I've heard it said of you, I've heard it said of you. Somebody has told me something about you. Somebody noticed. Come on. But I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream and uh, to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh said, it is is not in me. God will give Pharaoh the answer of peace. Praise God. Hallelujah. And of course, he begins to tell uh, Joseph his dream. Hallelujah, and we already kind of talked about that. So then Joseph, let's see, let's go down here to uh, uh, verse twenty-five. Joseph said to Pharaoh, "The dreams of Pharaoh are one. In other words, they're both. They're both talk about the same thing." Uh, God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Uh, the seven good cows are seven years of plenty, right? The seven uh, gant cows are seven years of, of famine. Come on, right? This, the seven, uh, uh, you know, uh, plump uh, grain is talking about uh, abundance, pardon me, and then the the gant ones are talking about uh, famine. Okay, seven years of of abundance followed by seven years of famine. That's what the dream is, and so. Joseph, let's see here, verse 33. It so says, therefore, let, uh, let Pharaoh, this is what Joseph's saying to him, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Okay? Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth. Literally tells the whole story. This, this is what God's trying. God, God used this man to save not only Egypt, but all the neighboring countries and primarily save his family. Can I hear a big Amen. Are you still with me? Yeah. Am I boring you? Nope. Yeah, that's kind of weak. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of bored. Well, okay. Hang on. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the, uh, the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years and let them uh, gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up the grain uh, under the authority of Pharaoh and let them uh, keep food in the cities. Okay, so all over we're going to do this, all okay? right? And then the food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, uh, that the land may not perish during the famine. Okay, there's the plan, all right? So the advice uh, was good, verse 37, in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servant, can we find such a one? Can we find such a one? I mean, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think, who could we find? Could we find such a one? As this, a man in whom is the spirit of. This is Pharaoh talking. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. And you shall be. Uh Oh, here we go again. And you shall be over my house. Here it is again. Now he's in charge of everything. Come on, somebody. And he gets the name uh, Zephaneph-Paneah, Paneah, all right, which uh, 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 speaks of, for uh, God speaks and, and lives, okay, so, or carrier of salvation, savior of the age, that, that's what that word kind of means, Zephanepha Paneah, oh, that's his name, all right. Now, so he gets a name change, all right, and uh, anyway, so it goes out all over Egypt, everybody now knows who he is, come on, somebody, and verse 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. 30 years. So 13 years after we start the story, 13 years later, he is now the governor of all Egypt over everything other than the Pharaoh's house. Are you with me? Are you with me? Everything now is is uh, under him, all right? All right. And Pharaoh gave him this signet ring and did all the stuff. So here he is now, the most influential man on the planet of that day. So we have seven years of plenty. Several verses, I don't know, six, seven verses talk about the seven years of plenty, followed by now seven years of famine. And during that seven years of famine, and they start getting into it. All of a sudden, everybody out and about is starting to run out of food. Anybody hearing me? But they've all heard that if you go to Egypt, there's reserves. There's plenty. There's abundance in Egypt here. And, of course, Jacob sends his boys to go get uh, food for the livestock and everything. Go to Egypt and see if you can buy. And really, to be honest, when you start to look at the whole thing, the whole thing was brilliant, how it all laid out. Before it was over with, Pharaoh Owned everything. Owned everything because they bought it until they ran out, and when they ran out of that, then they started buying the lands. Come on, next thing you know, they own all the lands. Come on, somebody. It was pretty ingenious. But the bottom line was, all of a sudden, here comes the boys. Now, we're not going to go into all that, but the bottom line was the boys all come back, and we see in chapter, uh, I'll just read one verse, maybe verse, uh, see, chapter 42, verse 6, Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold Uh, to all the people of the land he took care of all that and Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth and at that time they didn't even know that was Joseph they assumed Joseph was probably long gone and dead come on somebody of course through a course of events things happen next thing you know know, Joseph figures out that this is his brothers we got a whole little thing I think he kind of messes with them a little bit you know Why not? (laughs) And so, but before long, he admits to them that he is Joseph, their brother. And of course, you know, they're restored. Amen. Um, But, uh, you know, it's a good ending. I said it's a good ending. Amen. And uh, so, um, did you get something today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is never in vain in the Lord. Stay with it. Stake with it. Amen. Now, again, don't walk out of here. If I I touched on something that that upsets you or or depressed you or somehow brought up bad, ill feelings or about something, our heart is never to do that. A heart, praise God, is to say that no matter what you're going through or have gone through, I guarantee you if you stay with God as your source, keep looking to Him, keep doing the right thing, keep choosing life. Come on, somebody. I guarantee you, victory, amen, is something you will experience. I guarantee it. Praise God. Do I hear a big amen? Give God praise, everybody. Come on now. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening.